Welcome to Creating Kesha, conversations about connecting. In each episode, I get to have a conversation with one of my colleagues about ideas, concerns, issues, and solutions to improving and deepening our marriages. I'm your host, Lisa Tversky. With me for this episode is Devora Levy, psychotherapist in private practice, who specializes in working with couples and trauma. And I'm really excited to be speaking with you today, Devora. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to be here. So we're going to be talking today about cycles and trouble connecting. Um, and we're going to try and dig into that and help people understand or first identify and then understand the, the cycles that they get caught up in that keep them from connecting with their spouse. So you yeah. want to start us off on that conversation? Sure. You know, when couples come into therapy, um, often the presentation of what the issue is, is different. Everyone has a different narrative of what's troubling them in their marriage. But if you look underneath the content, what we find is that there's a predictable pattern of actions and reactions that couples engage in that create their cycle. Now, if a couple's feeling close and connected, that's a positive cycle, right? I make a bid for connection and my husband receives it and I feel warm and loving and he gets that warmth and love. And now he feels all, you know, happy and loving back. We're in a positive cycle. But oftentimes couples engage in a negative cycle that creates pain. Hmm. And that's when uh, something happens, I get triggered and my reaction creates distance in the relationship. Right. Do you find that people who have the positive cycle are identifying it and conscious about it, or they're just sort of happy that they're happy. And the negative, the people engaging in the negative cycle are the ones who are sort of more confused and bewildered and not understanding what's going on, or sort of there's a lack of consciousness on both. And when it's negative, it's just a bigger problem. I think that couples in their positive cycle are on cruise control. Uh Uh-huh. It's very automatic and you don't have to think much about it. And you have a lot of energy to engage in the world from a, from a filled up place. Right. But unfortunately, couples who are in a negative cycle, I think they're much more conscious of being in their pain. Mm. Then it becomes like a, a drain on the battery. And when we're in an unhappy cycle or marriage, then we're, we have less energy to engage in the world. So, that's what, that's why people try to engage therapists because they need help. Right. But we're going to focus today on self-help. Someone might, a couple might find themselves in therapy, but we're going to first try and give some education and helpful um, orientation and recommendations to see if people can improve things on their own. I want to say more about what the cycle is about. Great. Um, When we get hurt, we have two very common ways of reacting, people in general. Mm -hmm. We either attack or we withdraw. Okay. Now, if you think about it, right, all of us want in our marriage is closeness and connection. 
But if we get hurt and we attack, what do we get? We get distance, right? right? Mm-hmm. And if we get hurt and we withdraw, what do we get? Also distance. Also distance. So those we have are enough, very, enough social, We have enough social distance these days. So yeah, <laughs> we don't need more. Yeah. We're safe at home. Yeah. Um, so, so, so here, it, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's very instinctive. You know, if we would think about it, it's not like we want to hurt our partner just because we're hurt, but it, it kind of protects us from being vulnerable. It's very hard for people to say, you know, you, you said you would help me with X, Y, Z, or you said you would take me out on this day, or you, you knew it was my birthday and you did nothing. And it made me feel unimportant, um, abandoned, disrespected. That's, that's very vulnerable to come forward and express that. Right. So that's the beginning. Notice how the cycle begins. I get hurt. I withdraw. Now, what's my partner left to do? Hmm. He's probably going to either attack me, like you're always X, Y, Z, or I can never, you know, I'm tired of this or, or more likely he might, he might even withdraw too. So mm-hmm. I'm withdrawn, he's withdrawn and that's not going to create a lot of connection. That's not a happy cycle. Um, if I attack, odds are he'll withdraw or attack back. So that's how the cycle gets created. Now you ask, are, are couples are aware that they're not in a good place. Right. It's very hard to break out of that. Once right. that cycle goes on, it's like ping pong back and forth. There's hurt and hurt. And everyone has a narrative that bolsters their own perspective. Mm. So people are coming in and they're saying, my spouse is right. X, Y, Z. It's very uncommon where I get, I, I want to say almost, almost never, someone comes in and says, you know, I really need help uh, staying present when she gets mad at me. Or I really need help stopping I, to stop being critical when he continues to disappoint me, which would be a lovely p- place. You know, you're, that's already halfway through the process yeah. of therapy. Yeah. But you're saying on your own. So on your own, it's um, if, if we can give our couples the language to look at their cycle, mm. then they can recognize it and team up against it. Mm-hmm. And then it's less vulnerable. It's not like I'm so hurt. You didn't remember me. It's more like I think we did it again, where I got hurt and withdrew, and then you saw me withdraw, and you did X, Y, Z, and we have to stop that cycle. It's a little more, it's more enough depersonalized that it's not, um, it's not as threatening. Well, you moved, you shifted from I which we're always taught about I statements, right? They're so amazing. I was hurt. I was whatever, even in this calm tone. And then you shifted that to, you know, I think we did it again, which I think is the core, you know, that that's a very big difference that even if I am able to, let's say, withdraw, but use my withdrawal to figure out what was upsetting me, and then go back and and say I and use my I statements and and say how I felt and what I would like. That's still 
there's, even though there might be calm and, and maybe we've eliminated judgment or, or, you know, contemptuousness from this whole thing or anger, but we're still not in it together the same way as what you just said. You know, I think we did it again is we're a team and we're both here and we're both doing this and we both want to stop this. Um, I, I feel like there's a real key to that when we shift to teamwork or to, to couplehood um, rather than individualhood. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And people have, an, people have a hard time with that. People sort of, you know, I find that people have a hard time getting into the we. They they sort of want to be able to, yeah, but I need to tell him or her how I felt or what I did and I'll, I'll share and I'll share and I'll share. And yeah, but what about saying, no, we're, it's, it's us, we're doing this and we're needing to stop and we're needing to work together. I mean, not everybody, but some people have a real struggle with that. Yes. Yes. Any, any thoughts on where that's coming from? So I think it's intimacy and I'm referring to emotional intimacy is scary. Yeah. For granted, we think, of course we want like this close marriage and, but the ability to see another partner objectively hold two realities, meaning my version, my perception, and another perception is equally valid, makes it hard to, to go into that we space. Yeah. That I, I feel like if I'm going to see you, I'm going to lose me. I don't know if it's that. I think it's, I don't know if we're, those skills are being um, given over. Are, t- are taught. Mm. How, do we learn? How do we teach even our kids to hold our reality and another person's reality? Or more like, like teenagers, like our right. kids who are able to be in relationships with others, not just family constellations. That two people could be right. You know, yeah. Or, or, that, or that we could disagree and still be together in it or or with it or or something um that 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 can exist the the separateness in in our togetherness somehow um it's not black and white it's not right and wrong it's not always going to be you know in agreement but we can still be all we can be together um anyway even when we're different. Let's let's make it more practical with examples. Great. Amazing. I know we're talking about couples, but just even the training for children. If I ask my son to clean up a room that he left a mess Mm -hmm. and he doesn't do it, I'm frustrated. But my communication is going to be, I know that you're having a lot of fun. I know that you are also busy with X, Y, Z. At the same time, that's his reality. At the same time, I really need to have this room picked up and by you because you're the one who messed it up, whatever. But that, that, that's the beginning of the language. Now we take it into marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, my, I was expecting my husband home at seven o'clock. I'm with five little kids. 
I was like hanging on by a shoestring till he walks in the door so I could get some help. He doesn't walk in till 830 and he didn't call. Mm-hmm. So he comes home. And if I'm going to hold two realities, or I say, let's say I don't even know his reality yet. I can, I'm going to say, I am at my wit's end. I'm exhausted. I was expecting you home at seven. Can you please tell me why you're walking in at 830? So I'm kind of reserving judgment. I'm holding myself back. I'm not jumping to conclusions. He never keeps his word. He doesn't care about me. I'm doing this all by myself. I'll always be by myself. I wait for him to share. Let's hear what he has to say. And then whatever he says, I'm going to try to wrap my brain around that for him, that was that was a legitimate reason. Mm. And I'm going to hold and say, okay, so I, I hear, I hear you were running late and you didn't realize how late it was. And you're not, you also didn't realize how hard it is for me right now. Okay. I can hear that moving forward yeah. when you're stressed for at work and when work keeps you late and when I'm holding on waiting for you, what should we do? So in that um, moving forward space, I, I I'm holding his reality. I'm not blaming him. I'm telling I, I'm not happy. Right. I have to understand him. And I hope that he can understand me. Yeah. There has to be that willingness on both parties, not to just sling and blame, but to hear and understand and problem solve to some degree to both, both people's satisfaction. Right. And that I think gets really sticky uh, because, you know, sometimes or oftentimes, I think it's where people get caught up. The let's say in your example, the 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 mom who's home with five kids whose husband just doesn't manage time well, let's say it's not a once in a blue, um, just doesn't manage time well. And it's constant. And she sort of doesn't want to let it get in the way of the relationship, but he doesn't want to hear of, you know, more help in the house. Um, That, that, you know, that becomes a big stress for people because I can only hear you and understand you and acknowledge your reality as long as it's going to be mutual. If I have to understand and hear you, but you, you won't come forward in that way to work with me and to stretch, to hear me or to accommodate what I'm saying I can't manage. It's harder to, to figure out a way out of the negative cycle. You really need both people there. Yes. I wish there was a magic answer for that one, but you're right. You need, you need both people to have the, I think it's part humility. It's part empathy uh, to be able to be in a relationship. It's not easy to be in a relationship. It's work. Maturity. Maturity. It's, it's work. Yeah. It doesn't stop. If you want to reap the benefit of the closeness and the connection and the love, it's, it's something you have to pay attention to. We wouldn't, take a plant and ignore it without water or sun and expect it to grow a relationship. It's not, it's not the benefits are so great, but it takes work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it takes 
Um, I think that when we're talking about these negative cycles and how we're going to, let's say somebody's already found themselves in one and they want to sort of reverse direction with it. And, and this conversation is maybe making them, hopefully making them think about possible ways. If I don't jump, if I don't yell, if I don't, you know, right off the bat blame or accuse, and I sort of say, how can we solve this, right? How can, how can we solve this pattern that we have? Um, they also have to, at that point, sort of have a leap of faith that it's possible, <laughs> That even though I've been very, 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 very hurt um, many, many, many times, that I'm going to try and address it from a we perspective. And let me see what happens. Because I think that's part of the negative pattern is that I just don't believe in you anymore. That's a, that's a hurt place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, we have to sort of think about ways that we can um, feel support, support ourselves if we're, if we're doing this outside of the therapy situation, um, support ourselves in trying again. Um, can, I, can I tell you the be- a beginning idea for that? If, if yeah. Couples who are listening who find themselves in that situation, uh, the beginning idea would be um, a conversation that starts with, I really want you to know what it's like being me. I want to share with you how I feel at these times. And, and then I really want to hear what it's like being you mm. at the exact same times. Right. If people have the psychological wherewithal, they could also go into the deeper layer of what it reminds me of from my past. Or when I have felt those waves before, mm-hmm. um, that's a deeper level. But but also, it's a real empathy builder, right? That's a really. With, go ahead. Yeah, when we share with our partner the, the depth of, of of our experience around certain triggers, and then to be able to match them up side by side, right? And say, okay, so this is how I what I've been experiencing, and this is what you've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. that space of empathy and insight I think couples can start to do on their own yeah yeah and and I think that you know it's so simple and therefore so doable and for you know to address what I was just talking about in terms of the the leap of faith the vulnerability and thinking about trying again or leaping of faith again or whatever um, I think that that's a really beautiful, beautifully simple um, answer to that. That can I can I start with, and maybe it's even I start with. You know, I don't think either one of us wants to be angry and yelling all the time. And maybe I even start with to make sure, sure, sure that my spouse is going to be as possibly open to this as possible. Maybe I start with, what's your experience of this when this is going on? Yes. So he doesn't or she doesn't right away think I'm coming to complain again. Let me tell you my experience on this and you're, you know, 
because he also or she also has a leap of faith to take and maybe doesn't have any faith left that it's not going to go the same way it always goes where my spouse is yelling or screaming or withdrawing or pouting or, you know, so what's your experience of this? Yeah. And now ask permission. Can I share with you my experience of this? Yeah. And if that goes well, and I feel trust and faith, then maybe I want to share what it reminds me of. Yeah. And I don't have to if I'm not sure about being that kind of vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really, you know, a pretty simple takeaway. And without much, um, without much risk, if I say to my spouse, can I hear what your experience of this? And he or she says, no. (laughs) Okay. I haven't asked to share my experience, which getting a no to might be you know, more painful than that. I haven't. So and that's, yeah, that's something that you could do at home, so to speak, you know, don't try this at home. This you could try at home (laughs) and see where it goes, see where it takes you. I like that. That's really helpful. What, what do you think is at the core of of why these cycles happen to some couples? Is it a lack of awareness, education, history, compatibility? What, you know, why, why is it happening for some couples? Any, any idea or, or many ideas? Maybe it's obviously probably not one thing, but what's your, what's your gut or your instinct about that? So by the time we get married, mm-hmm. we're like computers who have been programmed. Yeah. And we don't even, you know, programming is thousands and thousands of lines of code that you don't really, you never see. Right. You only see how it all fits together on the outside. Right. So we're all coming into our relationships and we have our hurts, we have our sensitivities. We have our assumptions. We yeah. have our needs. We have needs. And if you look at um, Harville Hendricks, Imago Therapy, right? He's saying that we're looking for that part that didn't get, that needs to be healed. So we look for the partner that we think is going to fill in the what we didn't get, which is uh-huh. a recipe for disaster. Um, recipe for disaster. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I always wanted, like if I wanted a, my partner, you know, if I felt neglected. And I wanted my I wanted my partner to give me so much attention and really attuned to me, and inevitably it's so interesting. Like we we meet someone, we think we're going to get it. It's going to meet that need. Um, it might translate as me seeming very dependent and needy. And right. Me, and all of a sudden, all that caretaking either suddenly becomes not caretaking. It, it translates as control, or he's like, "You're an adult." I'm not here to take care of you. And right. it's like, but, but you did while we were dating. It was so much fun. So that's, it's just, I think what we bring into our relationships, if we're not conscious of it, rules how we react and interact. So would that be another thing, even before sort of approaching 
our spouse to, to sort of have a better grip on where this might be coming from for us, what we were expecting or what our secret deep down wish uh, was for marriage and relationship. Um, I don't know that it's always identifiable to us even, uh, but I do hear what you're saying, that that notion that that peace is going to be healed and how it's just a recipe for disaster. I read something somewhere that said something like, you know, you, you can't heal in the present something that happened in the past in the sense, it, relationally, something that happened inside of me, that exists inside of me from the past cannot be healed or the burden of that cannot be placed on somebody in the present. Yes and yes. Does that sound like a... <laughs> 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 but um, I... I I like to work. I like to do it in the couple setting. I Mm -hmm. I like when the partner gets to hear where the area of hurt or unmet need is because we're looking for that empathy and the ability to hold another person's reality. Now, if if you're in session with a couple, you're not talking about such, you're also talking about doing it at home, but if there it's a block to communication and processing, if a couple finds that they can't, process it in a way where both people are held respectfully, then I think the individual therapy is is, is, is a necessity. But couples can, couples, and that, they can listen to the hurt. They can know, oh, you know, his mother died when he, he was 12 or her father took off when he was, when she was 14 or, you know, or, her mother was taking pills all the time and his father was drinking in shul and walking home drunk. Like those it's, it's most spouses hear it. And suddenly they say, whoa, it's not, it's not me. She has an issue with it's a need. She's trying to get met. Right. Right. And, and I think that the, the, the difference becomes in terms of, you know, where this can go is do I share my, history and need but take responsibility for it or do I share it and then I'm still trying to make you responsible for it and so then that might be why some of the couples share and share and they're still drowning in the negative cycle because it sharing isn't enough and it isn't is isn't enough to have the courage to share if I'm not also taking responsibility for the outcome. Sharing is to cue you in, not to give you a job. Right. There, it has to be a supportive role for you, not you're, you know, you're going to become the father who never gave me blah, 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 or become the mother who always didn't and now will. You have a supportive role, but I, I, have, I have something to, to do in this dynamic too. Yes. To facilitate the healing. Yes. Um, and that's, that's a really, I think, important piece also. Yes. But yeah, knowing and understanding and being aware of myself is certainly crucial here. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was really great. 
I really, really appreciate your time and your expertise and your um, gentle ability to have us think deeply. (laughs) So thanks so much for joining me. And I look forward to future episodes with you. Um, Devorah Levy, psychotherapist, marriage and trauma expert. Uh, Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.